ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. We got to let this roll up. Turn that up, Sean. It's a Super Bowl Sunday. Get them, Luda. My buddies. I brush teeth, brush naps and comb streets. Dreaming of Cadillacs, wood wheels and plush seats. Cats with gold teeth and raps with such beats. Max with no grief and some sacks of When I loaded my cap, I was ready for action. Staring at beer cans in the moment to crack one. Wanna hang with the big boys and play with the big toys. And be with the people making all that. Welcome back. It's Moneyline on a Sunday morning. We had to let that roll out. For all you old school heads, that's that ludicrous. It takes you back in time. A time where we were all young. And that's what the song says. Welcome back to Money Line. That's Josh Jordan. That's Sean Mapes. And I'm Jerry Bo. Trying to get you in the mood. Trying to get the, the table set for the big buffet that is the prop menu. When we get to certain things as in the national anthem, the halftime props. But something that came across that stood out to me, 90% prop winner right here. The trends tell you this. Let me know if there's any thought to this. Pat McAfee came out this week and said about, he gave you his theory about the opening kickoff of a Super Bowl. It's not like the normal kickoff in a week 13 regular season game where the teams go out there. It's a, it's the coin toss goes down. Cool. Commercial break. Three minutes. Get out there. That ball that's kicked, that ball goes straight to the hall of fame. (laughs) Okay. So then before the game, they don't want that ball all scuffed up so that no one really touches that ball. So that ball, when you get it, he said it's hard as a rock. I bet. Okay. So the bet being this, 18 out of the last 20 Super Bowls, the opening kickoff has been ran back. It's not a touchback. You can mm-hmm. get opening kickoff not to be a touchback at almost even money, like minus 120, minus 130. With the thought, he says, one, that ball is brand new. It's, it's, it's so hard. And two, being a kicker, all you're telling yourself, and if he, know, if he Don't knows. Don't kick it out of bounds, right? Just get yeah. it in. Uh-huh. And three... If you're the returner, unless you're Devin Hester or something, you might not get the ball ever again as far as inside the game. You're probably going to get another kickoff or not, but your 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 chances to get the hands on the ball and make a play in the Super Bowl are far few in between. So when you get that ball in that on that on that kickoff, you're like, man, he's just I'm taking it back as to where the the kicker. He's like, man, I just want to get it in. Yep. First kick, not to be a touchback. You heard it here. I like that one, Jerry. Let's see what Lamont likes. Lamont, you're on money line. What's going on, my man? Hey, man. Uh, hey, what's uh, what's the deal, fellas, man? Uh, uh, this is a pretty a pretty novice uh, 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 type of question right here. And I know that this is not your guys' forte to be teaching people how to do stuff, but it, it, exactly how do you do uh, 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 my bookie? In, in other words, sign up. I didn't sign up. And uh, uh, also, I would like a uh, promo code to use. Uh, I didn't sign up, but then when he gets to the point about you know adding money and stuff, uh, 
my, 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 my bank locks it down, uh, and they start telling me like it's uh, uh, international or something. I mean, do I got to call, well, common sense will tell me I have to call my bank, but I just want to know, do we go, I mean, is, is it that way for you guys, or did you guys sign up in some kind of, uh, you know, alternative way or something? Because uh, I've been trying to do this now for almost two to three years, and when I get to that point, you know, it it'll tell me, uh, no, they can't make the transaction, uh, uh, call your bank and stuff, and, uh, you know, it kind of makes me kind of hesitant right there. And I just want to know from you guys, uh, uh, you know, on the setup, on how to uh, set all that up, or if you guys did anything different. Uh, you've come all. to the right place, Lamont. I got you, my man. So the way it is with these sites, they're processors uh, because they're high-risk processing. So think of it for them. How many how many gamblers do you think have deposited onto one of these sites and then they, they lose and then they call their bank? They're like, I mean, it wasn't me. <laughs> like, it, was, it wasn't me. I don't even watch football. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, who? Right? So then the way that it goes to get – for example, for my group, like I sell private picks, right? Whenever I went to set up my company, I couldn't just use any processing company because I'm considered high risk. Like if I give my picks and people don't like them, then they could go and do a, a chargeback. So I'm considered. So I have to pay more for processing fees for every time that someone pays for one of my things. Same thing here. They use a different processor that's offshore. So first thing first. If you want to use your credit card, all you have to do is call your bank, your bank card, your debit card, and tell them that you want international purchases on. Because by default, many places, your bank, they have international purchases off. That's just automatically. So tell them you want them on. Obviously, don't tell them you're about to. Not that it's like illegal, but you're not wanting your bank telling them, hey, I'm about to go bet on the <laughs> on the Bengals right now. I need to unlock this. Just say you want interna- international purchase. If you want to not put your card on, which is a lot uh, uh, a wall many people run into they're like man i don't want my card information on here well you know you see all these people m- dealing with bitcoin right so you can deposit in bitcoin you can easily go to a site coinbase for example coinbase.com you go there you put your card with them which they're more you could say they're more trusted these every you know these bitcoin companies are huge right now this is this is a trusted it's tied into a bank you you tie your account to that and you buy Bitcoin. You put your Bitcoin onto onto my bookie. When you withdraw, you withdraw from that Bitcoin to that wallet, and now it's in your wallet. So either which way you want to take it, you can. But if you're having trouble with your bank, make sure that you have international purchases checked. Yeah, that that makes a lot of, and it just depends on your bank. Some, you know, in my case, uh, you know, it, it just automatically happened. I didn't have to contact them, so it just depends on your bank. And yeah, j- just contact them and, and do what Jerry said. 713-780-3776. Let's get to some more props here. What will the first score of the game be? Many people were saying, man, yeah, they're going to come out there and whatnot. Let me give you some numbers. A field goal has been the first score in 27 of the 55 Super Bowls, so 27 and 28, eh, whatever, there's nothing crazy. But why are the field goal odds, if it's that close, why are field goal to be the first score plus 150? Hmm. That's interesting because I would a lot of this too is is who's going to get the ball first. I mean, we're not going to know that, and I kind of feel like McVeigh and the Rams are going to be really well scripted. I would not be surprised if if they get a, <coughs> even a touchdown on the first drive, but then after that they struggle a little bit. And that very well could be. And just when okay, so whenever you look at numbers, you have to say make it make sense. I just told you twenty seven. There's fifty five Super Bowls, right? So twenty seven that leaves. 28. So 28 of the times it's been a touchdown. So why are you telling me that it's plus 150? 
when it's plus 150, the implied odds are that it happens 40% of the time, the field goal, at plus 150. That's what that line tells you. But I'm telling you that it's at 49% being 27 out of the 55. I just told you, 49%. But the plus 150, plus 150 is for a 40% probability bet. So you're giving yourself 9% of value. That's gambling. Any other bet, like when you go to bet minus 110 on a game, you're giving the house at least 5%. It's about 4.7 usually of edge that they're getting on you. Now you're telling me you're getting 9%? That's gambling. The touchdown at minus 200, it's telling you that a touchdown, the first score 66.7% of the time at minus 200. I just told you that the numbers 27 and 28. So make sure that it matches. Now I'm not saying go dump this because everything could happen. Like Josh is very well that the Rams are going to be well scripted. You see them, they can come out there and score easy. But the numbers tell you that there's some kind of value here. Let's get to the Aggie Milkman. He's going to bring value to this show. What's going on, uh, on Aggie Milkman? What's that? How you feeling this morning for the Super Bowl? I see you want to talk some DFS. Yes, I do. What you got for us? Okay. Um, I know y'all two are awesome about doing fantasy football, but my question is, do you – Put different lineups in different, and let's say for example the three or three million dollar one, and you got five different lineups. Are you going to stack? You going to have the same lineup in all five, or you going to stack, are you going to do different lineups in all five? And also, my next question is, who you want to stack up today on the the, the showdowns? I do, to start with the first question, yeah, I, I do different lineups. How about you, Jerry? Got to, especially the contest you just said. You're trying to hit the $3 million, 800th place on a, on a $5 mine is going to pay you maybe like $14. You're, you're going to be stressing it when you're in the top 1,000. You're telling your wife, honey, don't go to work tomorrow, baby. We are good. We're in the top 800. And then when she's like, well, how much money did you win? You're like, 1533 what do the five fingers say to the fate? Mm-hmm. So with that thought, yeah, you need to switch them all up and you need to think zig when they zag. Today you're zigging when they're zagging. And today you're thinking, okay, how many people are going to go mixing, for example? How many people can go to Samaja Piran? You've seen Piran break open. That that was the beginning of the comeback right before halftime whenever the Bengals scored that touchdown. Piran broke, what, a screen to the house. A P-Ryan touchdown will split open that field because most people are going to – you only have those two spots, obviously, plus your flex, but most people are going to have Mixon. That Mixon person's not going to have Mixon and P-Ryan probably. They're going to have Mixon and Akers, Mixon and Michelle, Mixon and Henderson, any combination of those. If you can figure out that – or P-Ryan in your flex because Mixon guy's not going to have Mixon and P-Ryan. I would say out of every thousand lineups, maybe – Maybe one percent has both of those guys in there. It's just it's not the way that it usually wins. But in a game that, what happens if it he does get one screen and he takes it to the house, and then Mixon does get two touchdowns? They both ate, and people didn't start both of them. Yep. And P Ryan's cheap. He's twenty four hundred bucks on DraftKings. So, and as far as different lineups, my quick advice would be like do one stack with Stafford and the Rams guys, and then maybe do another stack with Burrow and the Bengals guys. And think of it, 
If you stack like the the one that is supposed to happen, you're going to split that pot with how many people? It's the Super Bowl. It's one game, 500,000 entries. You're going to tell me if you use a vanilla lineup that someone else doesn't have it? So that that million is not going to be your million. It's going to be a million split with 8,000 people, you know? So you got to think you're trying to hit this big one. You got to think, man, where everyone, everyone's on Higgins. Boyd is going to be a zag. It's going to be uh, Samaj Piran's going to be a zag. Maybe uh, the t- one of the tight ends is a zag. And kickers can get in your flex for this. Like McPherson's not a bad play. Exactly. McPherson's not a bad play. The showdown, your captain, if you're on DraftKings, scores twice as many points. So that's where you defin- uh, d- differentiate yourself because most people are going to put the quarterbacks Yeah, there. it'll be Stafford or Burrow for most people. So think of it like that. Obviously, though, do your double connect. Someone's got to come with the quarterback, so go ahead and plug that in. But think, in a game that the quarterback's not going to throw up two or three touchdowns and everyone's going to have him 40 50% on, if he doesn't throw up those touchdowns, what happens? It's going to be field goals. So then throw in that field goal kicker. Play out the game script, but play it to win first. You're not playing to win 800 because the season's over and you're going to have $14 in your account. Then you're going to go blow that on baseball or basketball or something. And that's how it always goes down. It's going down, though, here on a Sunday morning. It's Super Bowl Sunday. ESPN 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline. On ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. What's up, Moneyliners? I hope you feel the tracks. I know, I was going to say, I don't think, I know, I'll put my foot down and say, I know for a fact that no show in Houston history has brought you the songs that, that we're bringing you. I guarantee it. Most shows, when they say, man, I'm, I'm so Houston, they're going to bring you, like, Fat Pat Tops Drop. You know, they're going to bring you Kiki Southside. If you know, Dre, I see you. Every song that we put on here, you're commenting. These are the deep cuts. But if you're a Houston person, you know these songs. If you're a 90s kid, you know that ludicrous. Welcome back to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. Aggie Milkman says Magic 102. Mm-hmm. He's old school like Magic 102. That guy with the deep voice, deep that deep was voice guy. That yeah. was super <laughs> deep voice guy. He can. You uh, send the request. This one's going out to Samantha from Germany. He says he forgives you, or or forgive him. He'll be home later. You know, it was always those things, and they have a little violin playing in the background. There won't be no violins here though, because there's going to be wins, and we hope that we can bring you wins. Whether it's props, we talked about kicking props. We talked about the. Touchback not coming into effect in 18 into the last 20 Super Bowls on the opening kickoff. No touchback. The run back. That's a 90% trend. Do you believe it? That one's kind of tough for me. Anything special teams, I'm a little leery. But I do like the kicker props. This one I thought was interesting. Let me get your take. All four wide receivers go over 49 and a half receiving yards. That being Chase. Higgins, Cup, and Odell. All four over 49 and a half. I could see it getting there. I like that. Yeah. I kind of like that. Which one is the one that leaves us out? Does If one happens to the other, do you say, like, maybe maybe Chase doesn't get there? 
if Higgins gets there mm-hmm. or, or, or Boyd, or Boyd gets I'm sorry. Yeah. It, it just, which, how about both kickers? And this has happened in four of the last five, and it's about 74% over the last 15 Super Bowls. Both teams to have at least a 33 yard field goal. That, that sounds about right. I mean, that's a, that seems easy, right? <laughs> Ching. Yeah, and I was listening uh, to John Granado on the bench, our morning show the other day. He said his buddy always likes to bet both teams will lead at some point in the game. Yeah, if you expect to. All right, on that note then, let's do it like this. All right, on that note, what, that, that would basically be being the theory that one team doesn't hold the lead, that it's going to go back and forth. At least at one point. I'm going to yeah. get you a cheat sheet right here. Cheat sheet. Put this up. This is for live betting today when you're thinking about that game and you're seeing the game unfold. I'm going to give you some stats here. First team to score. The team that scored first won seven of the last 10, 10 of the last 14. So the team that that's 70%. The team that scored first wins it's 65%. It's 36 and 19 over the last X amount of Super Bowls. When the first score was a touchdown, that team 68% of the time wins. When that it's a sense. field goal, it drops down to 60, though. So it's still like, no matter what, if they score, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. At the end of the first quarter, the team leading at the end of the first quarter has won 73.7% of the last 55 Super Bowls. Mm. So usually, they, I'm not saying they don't come back to his theory, but they don't come back to win. Yeah. In the last 10 Super Bowls, the leader won seven times. However, three of these Super Bowls, there was no leader at the end of the first quarter. It was a tie 0-0. The Rams, uh, uh, Patriots, for example. That was a bad game. (laughs) Ugly. Yeah. The teams that are scoreless at the end of the first quarter, and then when the other team scores first, they never come back. Six and 20 straight up. So if it goes scoreless in the first quarter for whatever reason, Say the Bengals come out and hit the next points, they're probably going to win that game. So seventy-seven percent of the time, this feels like some great opportunity for live betting, right? It, this is all for live betting. So think about this. It's 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 start thinking about because you'll start saying, "Man, well, this team has to come back, or they have to do this." I'm giving you the numbers. This is over all these Super Bowls, how it's gone down. Teams leading by. Less than seven points at the end of the first quarter are 13 and seven straight up. Teams leading by seven points or more are 17 and four straight up. Yeah, that sounds about Teams right. leading by three points or less. So after the first quarter ends, a team's only winning by three or less. They win 61% of the time. I mean, that's pretty tempting. The team leading at halftime has won 78.4%. Of the Seven, that, really? The halftime leader usually goes on and wins it. So if you see a close game, again, these are just numbers over time, though. The only team leading by more than seven points at halftime that has ever lost a Super Bowl, Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, footsteps Falco, old Matt Ryan. Teams leading by three points or less at halftime have lost five of the last nine times. So it's it's a weird if they have the lead at halftime they usually go on to win but it usually has to be by more than 3. 5 of the last 9 times when it's under a field goal they've lost. 
and, and this one's tricky for me because we know the Bengals are a second half team. At least they have been recently. I, I know the Titans game they they got out to a lead, but you know, especially against the Chiefs, they've been really good in the second half, making those adjustments at halftime. It's like you've done this with me before. Mm-hmm. Thank you for throwing me up the ball. The Bengals per quarter averages. First quarter, 4.3, kind of slow. Mm-hmm. Second quarter, 8.3. Third, 6.5. And and fourth, 7.14. So in the second halves, they average over 13.5 points. They only allow 8.9. That makes sense. The Bengals have a good DC. The Rams, on the other hand, You've you've talked about, and we talked about uh, during break, you mentioned that you might take the Bengals third quarter, fourth quarter, whatever the case. Yeah. I just told you that the Bengals only allow 8.9 points in the second half. The Rams, they allow 11.9. Ooh. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh Where do you see it? Now the Rams on defense. Best defensive team in the first quarter, 2.7. Less than a field goal allowed in the first quarter of games. And they allow four points, or they, they score an average of four points. Yeah, I, I just I think the Rams are going to get out and lead here. But that's what scares me. To, you gave those stats about when you're ahead, these teams typically win in the Super Bowl. So it worries me a little bit. And that, so it brings us to this question here. Are the Rams a good front-leading team, can they, have they shown us that they can close a game? And that's where he kind of scares you because we saw against the 49ers in the final game of the of the regular season where the Niners needed to get in. The Rams could have won the division. They were up by 17. Niners came back in the second half, took the game to overtime, and won. Then against Brady, they had a lead. And they got a little tight. You know, like super li- little choking, you know, Cooper Cup fumbling the snap that whizzed right by Stafford's head. And as soon as Cooper Cup fumbled, then they all got tight, even the coaching. And then they started running right into the teeth of the Bucks. McVeigh started counting possessions mm-hmm. and he started counting, well, they can't score. And then all of a sudden that your whole equation is thrown off McVeigh whenever Brady hits a one one play touchdown on Ramsey, by the way. Which that ball is being auctioned because bonehead Mike Evans threw it into the crowd again. <laughs> <laughs> you know Brady MF'd him on the sidelines what's, for that. What's worth more at the end of time, Brady's final that touchdown, the, the final touchdown to Evans, or the one where he broke the record that Evans also got back for him? Mm. I had to talk about this on my show, and I was like, man, do you, do, if you catch that from Evans on this last one, do you just leave the stadium right there? Like, man, I got to get out of here. <laughs> or it's like, man, this game might go to overtime. You're sitting there. I said that I'd have the pregnant. Like, I'd be, yeah. I'd have the ball right here. People, but everyone knows, like, man, he's got Brady's last touchdown ball, guys. <laughs> You're going to get mugged in the parking lot. Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, 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 that's what I'm saying. I thought about it. Like, what would you do? What did that person do? They caught it, and, and they have to instantly think. Don't get me wrong. You're hyped up. The game was in Tampa. You're like, yeah, baby, they're coming back. Brady magic. Everyone was feeling it. Everyone's high-fiving. You got the ball right here, though, like a baby. You're holding it. Like, I'm, I'm taking off my shirt, and I'm wrapping it so it doesn't get cold, so it doesn't get sick. That baby right there, you're just, that's the baby. That's your future. That's your kid's future. That's everything. I mean, what a... What a collectible to have. And what's interesting with the the one that was the final touchdown, we didn't necessarily know at the time that Brady was going to retire, you know? Yeah, that was the thing. We didn't know. It just, you figure Mike Evans being in that spot before, though, 
that he'd be like, man, I, I, I just, I just can't do this again. Let mm-hmm. me go ahead and I'm, I'm gonna walk the ball. You know, you see some guys there walk the ball to the ref. Like <laughs> I would walk it to Brady. Like here, you do what you want with it. Mm-hmm. Here we are, though. Supposedly that person's going to uh, auction. Why wouldn't you? I mean, it's remember the Barry Bonds home run balls that would land out in McCovey's Cove. They were jumping off yeah, of canoes. Yeah. But you see the first guy, though, on the touchdown, all he got was, I say all he got, but I would have got more. I know that. He got one Bitcoin. He got t- season tickets for the rest of the season. He got, I think, $1,000 to spend at the, M- at the NFL team shop. Like, no. I want Brady's jersey that he has on uh, on one of the playoff games. I want, you know, I want 10 Bitcoins. I want a date with Brady's wife. I won't touch. All look, no touch. And that's what we got left here for 30 minutes. It's all look, no touch, because it's prop sessions. Moneyline ESPN 97.5. You going to answer that? To call into the HRP listener line, dial 713-780-ESPN. The Affordable Care Act continues to be a complex regulation, and employers must comply. Visit HRP.net for help. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Lord have mercy on these bookies, because the Moneyliners are coming. Lord have mercy. It's a Sunday morning. I hope you're turned up. Turn us up loud. It's ESPN 97.5. It's Josh Jordan. It's Sean Mapes. It's Jerry Bow. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Let's talk numbers. I'm going to give you these kind of numbers here. DVOA. And to me, handicapping, it gives me, I use them a lot. Now, I, I use it weighted DVOA more because it, it throws out plays that were, um, it, it, it gives you an implication on a, a, a four-yard run on third and nine is not the same as a, a third down and four run or a four run, a yard run on third and three, right? Sure. We know that, right? So weighted DVOA actually gives you everything. And if you look at this, and this is why I want you to guys to think about what you're going to do today. If you're betting on the Bengals today, you're betting specifically on what your eyes are telling you now and what you believe that Burrow can do. Because on paper, what DVOA tells you is this is a huge, Huge mismatch. Like, I'm talking about huge. I'm talking about from 5th to 17th on DVOA. Rams second in weighted DVOA. Cincinnati 11th. When you look at who the Bengals are on Rush, for example, they're 20th in DVOA. Pass 15th. You look at the Rams defense, they're first in DVOA against the pass, 5th against the Rush. So look at look at that. You got one team that's outside the 15th on both metrics, pass and rush in DVOA. You got one that's six or first, and then one that's fifth. That just, just numbers. Well, what about the Rams on the offensive side of the ball? Okay. They're seventh in the pass, 12th in DVOA in rush. What are the Bengals or the Ram, or the, the Bengals defense? 24th against the pass, 13th in rush. There is a huge, huge, huge mismatch at every angle. But now you say, why? What is what is it? My eyes are telling me. Like, why do you say that? Because who are the Bengals? From week one through nine, they were ranked twenty fourth running the ball. Eleven through seventeen week, right after their bye week, 
They went down to sixth. So they've improved running, passing. They moved from 13th to now in the playoffs, they're the second-best passing team. So my question starts here. Do you put more into the whole season DVOA, or do you just put more into, man, This I'm, I'm going to look at what I'm seeing right now, and this is what I'm going to go with? Or are you going to say, man, I want the team that's done it throughout the year? B. Now, I, I like the Bengals have kind of changed what they do throughout the course of the year. And remember, Burrow's coming off a torn ACL. So I'm going to lean a little more towards what they did on the back half of the season. But you make a good point. That's why the Rams are favored, because the DVOA clearly says the Rams are better on paper. So I get that. What does, I'll tell you what does worry me. And, I'll you know, I'm, I'm on the Bengals. I, I like them plus the points. I am not the gambling expert on this show. That is Jerry. I'm the fantasy football guy. But, hey, I like to gamble, too. Yeah. It's fun. So I'm just telling people what I like. But what concerns me is that the Rams really shut down the Niners' rushing game in the last time they played. How much did they shut them? We know how good the Ram- the 49ers are running the ball, right? That is Shanahan's bread and butter. They can run the ball. You know what they did in that last game? 46 yards on 18 carries. That That's what the 49ers got going. They held Debo Samuel to seven carries for 26 yards. And then Elijah Mitchell had 11 carries for 20 yards. I mean, that's awful. So I really worry that is Mixon going to be able to get anything going in the running game against the Rams? And if he doesn't, then it's not. They're going to have to keep that running game going at some point, running out of shotgun formations, yep. whatever the case is. To Josh's point as well, if the Bengals, they know they got to get the ball rid of the ball quick. They know they got to get it out of Burrow's hands, and that's going to be big into this game. The Bengals ranked 30th in pass block win rate, 31st in adjusted suck rate. So they allow. They're, yeah. they're not winning the block. They're not winning at the line of scrimmage. They're giving up sack rates. Get the ball out quick. Check out how the Bengals line ranks. Left tackle Jonah Williams, he's 50, 50th out of 68. The left guard, he's ranked 62nd out of 63rd. He's second to last. Their center, he's 26 out of 32 centers. He's sixth worst. Their right guard, he's 57 out of 63 guards. He's sixth worst. And then their right tackle, he hasn't even played enough snaps because he's been on and off. His backup last week was the absolute worst at the position. So looking at it like this, though, you see where they're worse. And I think that that's why Floyd, that side of the, is atrocious, that side of the offensive line for the Bengals. But the only question is, how do the Rams approach this? Can they do it without bringing the blitz? Or do they have to bring extra men? Because when they bring extra men, they get, they get beat. That's something with the Rams. We talked about Jalen Ramsey's the only respectable DB on there. So if they bring extra men, they get beat. And especially against Joe Burrow, which is the second best quarterback in the league against the blitz when you bring extra men. And that, that makes sense. The other thing, too, the Bengals know their offensive line isn't very good. You know, they know that the Rams' defensive line is good. So they, they're preparing for this, but... But can they do it, right? It's the whole Mike Tyson thing. Everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. Exactly. You know, so how are they going to be able to execute it? How can they execute it? If the Rams blitz, they are the 27th worst team when they blitz as far as yards per attempt. They allow 7.9 yards per attempt. So if they bring that blitz, meaning extra men, Mm -hmm. Burrow is going to have his opportunity if he could get the read right. 
it's 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 in the numbers. That's just who they are. It's just that they don't have to bring the blitz that often because their linemen can create pressure. They can, and and, and th- that's what this game comes down to. But it's always that conventional, you know, wisdom. You know, sometimes that bites you in the ass. You know. That's the whole thing. The Bengals know this is the issue. And we saw what they did after the Titans game where Burrow got sacked like nine times. Didn't they not give up a sack against the Chiefs? I mean, you know, like they made some corrections. On that thought, you saw Burrow scramble a lot. Many are saying that Burrow around that 11 or 12 yard rushing today is a gift because, again, what your eyes have told you lately. How many Bengals games did you watch from start to finish this season, though? Because if you did, it'd tell you that he only had 20 scrambles the whole season. 20. Yeah. That's half of like the Mahomes, the Allens, the Hurts scrambles. We're not even talking about rushes. We're talking about just scrambling. Another another stat. So always tell yourself is, is, is did I what I saw is that is that who this team is or am I just caught up in the moment? Is can they continue to be this? If they get down double digits, can they come back against that Rams team? Because is that what your eyes saw? Many, I guess, angles to this and scripts. If your script tells you that the Rams are going to come out and punch them in the head first and the Bengals are going to have to play from behind, then maybe you start looking at Bengals in the second half. Maybe you start looking at those kind of bets. If the game tells you that it's going to be back and forth and the Bengals are going to be in this, then you start thinking the only way the Bengals are going to win this, I think, is in a high-scoring game. I don't see the Bengals winning this game, uh, scoring under 21 and a half of their team total. That's where their team total sits. Any thoughts on that? Well, we were talking during the break to where if if you like the Bengals plus the points, then you should probably like their total over at 21. It's at 21, right? So Or 21 and a half. So that's funny how those kind of line up, right? If, if you like a certain thing, then that means you probably like another line that's close to that one. I wanted to ask you this one quickly. It's it's a little off topic, but I found it very interesting. Is it Stafford's rushing attempts is set at two and a half? <laughs> you know what I mean. And he's been hitting the over. Like he's he's been rushing about five times per game. Is that tempting at all to you? I, that, you know, he just, I hadn't even seen that one. Yeah, it's at two and a half. <sighs> so last week we talked about. The difference in this Rams team as to the one that went to the prior Super Bowl with the uh, with Goff, and that one for surprisingly is more efficient overall. If you look at it from a whole, they were more efficient with Goff. The difference from these between this team that makes it a little more dangerous, not as efficient but more dangerous, is that they use the seven step drops right because they trust Stafford mm-hmm. to be able to go through his progression. So tying that into what you just said. I feel like that seven-step drop, like it's to, for him to sit back and have more time, which it's like, all right, then I got to go. Or once once you get back, you take a drop that back, and those ends come, you have to go. You have yeah. to go. And the defense is giving you that. On a 39er, for example, they're giving you a three-yard gain. Like, go ahead, take the three-yard quarterback scramble. I think that that's a good bet over. And don't you get the rushing attempt if he kneels it out? You get the rushing attempt. Right. Yeah, unless they've changed that. And also look into your books. Make sure that the wording is correct because earlier, for example, for the Money Mac um, field goal, I know it's juiced at over one and a half, my man Simon says, but you can get it at a way better number of Bengals over one and a half field goals. Uh, who, <laughs> who else is going to kick a field goal? <laughs> good point. You know, who yeah. else? Appreciate that, Simon. Go ahead and check the wording on every single thing. Like the wording on Will Snoop Dogg, smoke at halftime. 
plus 200 at some places. I think he will. A legalized place, I know it's not legalized to do it out in public, obviously, but if you're there and you're working at an hourly rate, you're top flight security of the world, and Snoop lights up, what are you going to say? Not a damn thing. Moneyline, ESPN, 97.5. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. The art of storytelling, a little bit of outcast, bringing you back in time. We're going to put you right on time to get up out of here. we got about 11 minutes left. We're trying to get you on what are the best bets. Josh and I are talking on half or uh, halftime on break about what is my favorite bet. He asked, man, do you have a good bet to give out? And I said, man, those, those kicking props. And the more I talk about it with Josh, the more we come into how does Money Mac not get over one and a half or the Bengals to have over one and a half kicks. For example, in the red zone, the Bengals offense is 16th in DVOA. 16th. So they're... Middle league the, average, yeah, middle of the pack, yeah. Little, they're not great. Red pass or, or red zone pass, twenty second. Where they're a little bit better is eighth in the rush. Look at the Rams' defense; they're second overall in DVOA in red zone. They're first against the pass, and they're nineteenth against the rush. Meaning, if Cincinnati wants to take advantage, they need to run in the red zone. That's what these numbers mean. But if that's the case, I figure that uh, to our theory, there's going to be a Saxon win there to, to, to halt to drive to where they have to settle up for a field goal, and I figure they're going to have a drive regardless. I was already putting them on at least one, one, two chances. I think that one and a half is money. If you look on the other side, look at the dominance, though. I, I gave you the first numbers. Rams dominate in the in the red zone as far as their defense against Cincinnati offense. Well, what about the Rams offense? Rams offense and DVOA pass ninth. Cincinnati defense in the red zone, 28th against the pass. Oof. And those are that's why I tell you, there's a big mismatch on paper of who these guys are. Now you ask yourself, can they carry over what they've done, meaning the Bengals? Can they carry over the mojo, the momentum, whatever it is, can they carry that over? They're going to have to do it. Maybe not on – okay, so check it out. How do the Cincinnati uh, – how's the Cincinnati offense work? On first down, they're 15th when passing. When running, they're 16th. So they're not even a good first down team. Where's the Rams' defense? They're fourth against the pass on first down. They're second against the run. So they're not. What do all these numbers mean, Jerry? I'm just trying to give you a, 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 a picture of painting it with these numbers being like, man, if the Bengals aren't a great first down team, well, what are the wow, the Rams happen to be a great defense on first down. So what happens? Is there going to be a lot of second, third, and longs? That's where my that's how my handicaps go. Vice versa, in the in the red zone. If I'm looking at, well, damn, the Bengals struggle in the red zone offensively. They're 22nd passing. Well, where are the Rams? Damn, they're first? Well, goodness. That right there, just the red light, red light. Like, it's, it, the numbers are there. But sometimes numbers don't win bets. It's moments. And if you believe it's Joe Burrow's moment, then you're writing, you're, you're, you're strictly betting on momentum. You are. And, 
and real quickly here, Jerry, this is the biggest gambling day of the year, right? How can people get your bets? How can they get your plays? How can they find you? JerryBowSports.com. Go ahead and hit me up on Twitter if you don't want to go to the site, but you can purchase through there. It gives you the link. It, it links you. It, it'll give you my text number, everything, 281-522-6336. If you want to get involved in sports gambling, I know football is coming to an end, but that doesn't mean the sports gambling does. If you know me, uh, I do a lot of soccer. I do a lot of basketball. UFC last night, we hit a we hit two parlays last night. There's a lot of people in this Twitch right now listening that are actually part of my group. I appreciate the setup, Josh. But, yeah, that's what we do. I'm also on every single day from Monday through Friday at 1 o'clock. If you want to check us out, we bet ATS. All just one word, we bet ATS. Type that into YouTube. Type it into Twitch. Hit like, subscribe, and every time we go live, it's going to let you know. I run a one-hour show, and it's pretty much like this, except for I'm missing my right-hand man. I already hit him up and said, dude, I – I got to get you on there. I feel yeah, we're going to do it. I feel lonely on there sometimes. <laughs> I'm talking to myself and I'm looking for somebody to throw that joke to. And I'm going to have Josh on there soon. I'm going to have a few people. I'm going to have Booker on there sometimes talking UFC. Uh, just a little bit of everything. But go ahead and follow We Bet ATS. I come on one to two every single day, Monday through Friday. And then listening to this here, hopefully we can continue doing this. I got a little bit in the fields on the way here today. It's the Super Bowl. And I'm like, man, me and my boy made it another year. And, and you know, in radio, it's. <laughs> yeah. like, like I said, we don't know if we, uh, this is the last season. This is the last Super Bowl we do with you guys. But we really, really, really appreciate it. Every time that Josh and, and I leave here, we always talk in the, in the parking lot, always say the same thing. Man, we got to keep it going. Just just keep it going. We've built something. We've built it through you guys. And hopefully we can keep adding to that. And it starts with you guys. Go ahead and tell your friends about it. Tell your friends' friends. Tell them, hey, man, you like football? You like gambling? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, listen to these guys. And that's how we've gotten a lot of people. I've had a lot of people reach out as of late. Uh, someone from Jefecito the other day just reached out. Someone put me on your show. I listen to that show every Sunday, man. You guys are great. Appreciate you. And it's all love from my end. No doubt. And today is maybe the best game ever to live bet, right? Yeah. So you're going to be... Like, they should follow your Twitter account, right? You're going to be giving out free plays to people during the game. During the game at Jerry Bow Sports, I might even do a halftime little uh, little quick live stream, uh, depending how the beers are sitting at that point. <laughs> but, yeah, that's why I had someone – actually, his name's Alan, an older guy, listens to this show. Um, he, he reached out the other day, and he said, man, I love your show or whatnot. He said he follows – he's followed Fred stuff and all them. And mm-hmm. he said, man, do you – uh?" He was like, have you changed your format? I followed you uh, like a year ago, but I can't catch your bets because I work and some of your bets are live. And like I told him, I said, man, that's where your angles are, though. Yes. Like if you old school gambling, like when, when none of these things were available, you would set your bet and you would just let it happen. You're just watching your money burn. You're just watching it crumble. Like, damn, we fumbled two times in the first quarter. This game's over. It's it's 17 zero and, and you got minus four on the ticket and you're like what do I do here what do you do you use your football senses and you start thinking if that's a blowout what is this team gonna do like is this team a team that runs it the clock out is this team gonna keep scoring what's who do they play next week like oh man they got a game on the road on a short week on on Thursday night football they don't even have a full week of rest so they're gonna try to get out of here if they got the lead oh okay. Or this team doesn't use your football senses. And these books are giving you the opportunity. How many times has Josh come on here and said, man, I didn't like that half a point. Yep. He waits for one drive. X team scores. Boom. The cha- Think about it. Three and a half point spread, four and a half point spread, whatever. You're wanting, you're wanting it to be under that four and a half. You want minus three and a half. Okay, so the underdog gets the ball first. They go out there and they score a field goal or a touchdown. 
Now all of a sudden you got three and a half just because you waited. How many times in a game do, does a team win from 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 wire to wire? Not very often. Going to John Granado's friend's point. Yep. That's why he breaks that bet because usually there's back and forth at some point. Right? There's going to be opportunity within that game to get the number you want. Don't go up there. It's like playing blackjack and just doing. When you go play blackjack, if you play it by the book, the casino still has like a four-point-something hold on you. No matter what, if you play it by the book, and that's playing perfect. That's playing absolutely perfect by the book. The casino has a hold on you. So then you're going to go and do the same. You're going to give the casino the hold on the sports books? Like, yeah, here, man, I know that you're doing 110. Here's my 100 bucks, 110 to win 100. I'm going to sit here on my ass and watch you just tax me. No, you switch it up. I guarantee you that those live numbers, they're not, they don't have it. They don't have it calculated perfect enough right now to no. where you can't take advantage. No. And that, that's your, that is the perfect little window. You bring this up all the time that just because that team got the ball first, all of a sudden the spread's different. I no. mean, that's just a coin flip, right? And a lot of times teams score, whether a field goal or a touchdown on their first drive, because they have that all scripted out. So that is very often uh, the perfect window to get the number where you want it. Well, the last put your name on it of the season. Last one of the football season. Sour. Um, it's, a, it's a sour, sour feeling in the stomach. The last put your name on it of the season, but we're going to end it with some energy. Josh, put your name on it. Man, I think, uh, you know, obviously everybody knows I'm on the Bengals, but I – I like, uh, I'm going to go with that. This one's a little more risky, but four receivers to go over 49 and a half receiving yards. That's Odell, Cooper Cup, Chase, and your man T. Higgins. Sean Mapes. I'm going with, I, I think we touched on it, but we didn't get the full breakdown of it, but it's, it's my favorite bet of Super Bowl Sunday. Give me the over on the national anthem length by Mickey Guyton. Over 106 seconds. That's, what, a minute 46? Uh, these go about two minutes basically every Super Bowl. I think the number is like 155, something like that is the average. And uh, it's a big game. You're going to hold on to the notes. She's got pipes. Give me the over. Okay, and that number has moved everywhere all week long, man. It was under a minute 30 for a while because, you know me, I went and looked up her last one, and she did a minute 28. So many people were thinking, what the hell? What the hell's going on here? Why is it so low? She's gonna bring, she's gonna break all the records. And then slowly and surely, to Sean's point, maybe the nerves, maybe the extending of the brave. Remember, it's from when she starts singing, not when the music starts, to the last note on the brave. As for me, I'm gonna put my name on the side here. I was just gonna give you something just, just regular, just old prop. I think the Rams in the first half. I think that the Rams, the way that they start out games, you've seen them come out to leads. We talked about that they can't hold leads, so obviously they got them. They're the best team in DVOA in the first quarter. They're the third best team in DVOA as far as halftime. I look at the Bengals. They're 21st and 27th. They start off slow. That's what they do. I gave you the stat earlier. The, the Rams only give up 2.7 points in the first quarter, and then they score about four. If you look at the Bengals, they allow about 5.6. So I'm, I'm, I'm predicting somewhere at halftime, of about 14 to 10 score, and that will go ahead and cash all those Rams tickets. We got to get out of here. That brisket is burning. You don't pay too much attention to us. The beer got hot. You didn't even get ice last night. Get out of here. Go enjoy your days. Make money. It's my bookie. It's Josh Jordan. It's Sean Mapes. I'm Jerry Bow. We love you so damn much. Peace.
ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Real fun sports.